Hello and welcome to the Merry Menopause Book Club, a podcast that brings you the authors of the books written to inspire us, educate us and guide us on our journey through midlife. Created and hosted by me, Jo Fuller, menopause and menstruation educator and founder of the Merry Menopause. I want to give women the information and education they need to make empowered choices around their health and well-being so that ultimately they can have a Merry Menopause. to this edition of the Merry Menopause Book Club podcast. Today I'm joined by Sophie Fletcher, qualified clinical hypnotherapist and doula. Having written a thesis on psyche, symbolism and language for her masters, Sophie specialises now in women's well-being at the transitional stages of their lives. Her focus is the body and mind connection, exploring thoughts and feelings that may arise at these times of vulnerability, giving practical everyday tools that make a difference. She's the best-selling author of three books, Mindful Hypnobirthing, Mindful Mama, and today's book of choice, Mindful Menopause. Sophie, hello and welcome. Hello, Jo. And thank you so much for for joining me today on the podcast. Um, I absolutely loved Mindful Menopause. I have read many books on menopause and women's health, and I love the originality of your theme. mindful menopause and I would love you to explain what is a mindful menopause well really I started off doing birth work Um, I've been doing that and just doing menopause in my private clinic so I've always been known more for hypnobirthing and the motherhood work that I do but um, I was seeing people in my clinic who were around the ages of 45 up to about 60 all coming in with the same things and you know when I was 35 and working I didn't it didn't really click because I wasn't in that place myself and then when I then I was definitely becoming perimenopausal and I started to put two and two together and realized that you know the tools that I was using in my clinic around sleep around weight loss around anxiety we're working really well for women at this stage in their lives. Um, So not only did I start creating um, more defined programs for women that were coming to see me, but I started applying the tools that, um, and that I had been using to to myself really, and using them, using them in my everyday life. And um, yeah, it just makes you more resilient. And it's about, harnessing that inner power really we all have that capability within us to navigate anything it's about having the confidence and the knowledge to be able to do that and so really the book is about finding that place within you finding those resources because you have them you may just not know where they are um and there it's full of tools that draw on existing coping mechanisms and apply them to menopause but yeah it's really really practical um and easy um you know I found when I started using these tools as a busy mom um that I had so little time to do them um for example it's so hard to meditate when I had two toddlers running around everywhere um and but now things like meditation are easier so it's just shifting those and changing them but also making sure that those tools are easy if you have a busy life if you're balancing lots of things um, it's about using the time you you have to make more of that time, if that makes sense. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I I, think one of the reasons I loved it so much was it really resonates with my message at Menopause, which is all about education and taking control. Yeah. Um, and one of the tips that you say in there is read, 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 you repeat it three times. And it's like, you know, educate yourself, understand what's going on. And make this a really positive experience, you yeah. know, change the, 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 you know, the cultural narrative that this is a, you know, a, a tragic time in a woman's life. It's so, isn't it such a powerful time if you can reframe it and work with it, which is exactly yeah. what you get to do by yeah. reading this book. Yeah. And I want everyone to understand that, you know, that life, wherever we are in our lives, often it is about perspective and how we look at the situation we're in and we, the situation you know, like menopause, the cultural narrative is so, I think, challenging. And when we actually step back and start to look at it in a different and better way, it changes our experience of it. And there's so much research out there now, which helps us understand how our learned behaviours are based on suggestions from our environment. And actually, when we learn about that and start to understand that, you start to realise that actually you're being controlled by that narrative. And wouldn't it be better, actually, if you took command of what you wanted and what was right for you? Um, and, and you say that, don't you, about re, you know, rewriting your story. Yeah. If you, if you feed into to everything that you hear in the press and the media about menopause or the negativity, your experience of it is going to be negative. But actually, you have the chance to rewrite your story and plan your menopause. Yeah. You know, plan how you want to, to look and feel, you know, during it and after it. And that's yeah. really powerful. Yeah. And I think trying things out and just, you know, it's it's a time of, you know, we talk about second spring and all that sort of thing. And it's a time of rebirth in many ways. And, you know, I was at a friend's this weekend and, you know, I've always had a certain style and I thought, you know, let's switch it up a bit. And I, I, I bought some clothes the other week that I would never normally have worn that were much more colourful and bigger and louder and brighter. And and that was definitely a menopause thing for me was just just having that opportunity to test these things out and have fun and be playful around it instead of having to retreat more into myself. Um, it can, and that, that's um, lovely because that's again one of the one of the things that you point out in the book that it is a time when we can really lose confidence in yeah. ourselves and we really can start to question and judge ourselves and that you know generally down to hormone imbalance and I think generally down to what we're hearing and what we're believing around it so yeah to go out and get a new wardrobe at this at this I, time is a I really colors and I feel like I'm so drawn to colors and things like that and it's about being expressive and but you've I think you know that is an opportunity and that's that's my choice and how I want to approach it I don't I don't want to sit at home and get sort of feel down about things and think how difficult it is and how much I can't sleep and things like that you know for me all of those can be reframed so if I can't if I'm if I'm having a a night where I'm waking up a lot I just reframe those pauses in the night they're my peaceful pauses or my calm moments and I always use tracks and things like that because um I just think how we perceive them the anxiety if we approach them in a positive way it reduces anxiety which then has a positive impact on our experience um 
And so that for me, that's the only way I can't imagine doing it on any other way, but I've always been like that as a person. It's not just my, the work that I do. I've always been like that. I love the, the actually the jumping there to the, the section on sleep. So I love the way that you reframe sort of snoring and external noise. Can you, cause I have, I have a, a neighbor upstairs um, and I have to wear earplugs and put pink noise on because I can, I can hear him at night. We have a completely different, yeah. He's up, you know, he's much younger than me. So he's like late nights, early morning on the reverse. And it was so interesting. I'd love if you could explain your reframing of those noises in the night that can drive us because I, yeah. I have used it. It's been really interesting. Well, noises are associations. So we create associations around sounds. So sounds can be um, either soothing or they can provoke anxiety. Um, and so a lot of people will get provoked by external noise or by their partner snoring, all those sorts of things. So, um, for example, you talked about your neighbour. I've got um, the East Coast main line at the bottom of my garden, but it was also um, just outside my clinic. And so for years I would have um, the trains going past constantly. And every time one went past, I would say to my, the person in hypnosis, and when you hear the sound of the train, you go deeper and deeper into relaxation. So you create an association with that sound, with feeling relaxed. So when I moved into my house, everyone was saying, oh, it's right on the back of the train. The train lines at the back of the house, like, doesn't bother me at all. It actually sends me to sleep because it's so relaxing. And they would look at me like I was, you know, <laughs> on another planet. But I created a really positive association. Um, and I used to live under the Heathrow flight path. Um, and so for me... It's just so soothing if I'm under it because <laughs> I just feel like I'm safe at home and secure. So it's how we create those associations to noise and all they're all learned responses. So if you're, you know, if you have a noise in the, that is aggravating you or creating anxiety, change how you think about that noise, change, change what, what, what can be positive around that noise. So think about it. What, what, makes you feel secure and safe around that noise um can can you turn it into something else in your mind so it's really just thinking about that so a partner snoring it might make people feel very secure and knowing that their partner is there in bed next to them um it might be I love that Sophie I think that's such a great reframe I think that is such a great reframe because it 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 is it's you know it's lovely to be there next to somebody yeah. rather than going oh my god I wish you'd shut up I think that's a really underlined that one I really enjoyed that one yeah that, I mean we can do that with our symptoms though can't we or we can choose we can do that with the whole menopause yeah. we can choose to reframe it and look at it so differently yeah um and you and you, you say you know that we have control and many books discuss hormonal changes medication food um and what to eat exercise but the big question is how how do you make these changes when it's something means when it means changing lifelong habits? Um, and we don't always think of menopause as a time of possibility, but it is. It is. And I, I just think I, I, I think that with all of those big changes, you know, whether it is, you know, I started with birth. That's where, where I began with my birth and my kids. And it made me look at these moments in our lives where women perhaps in some ways may seem quite vulnerable and emotional you know all those 
you know, tropes and things. And, mm. and actually it's as if there's, I've said this before, it's as if there's a part of us that is just opening up a bit, cracking open in a way that allows us to go deeper into ourselves. So it might make us feel more vulnerable and exposed. And, but actually it's an opportunity to learn more about yourself, to know yourself in a deeper way. And absolutely, I think that is that is definitely happening around menopause. Um, and I just think it's really exciting. And I, I had a friend come up to me um, last week and just a friend in a mum's group locally that I've known for years. And, and she read it and we were at a party and she quietly came up to me and she gave me a, the biggest hug and she got a bit tearful and she said, I cannot thank you enough for writing that book. She said, it has changed everything for me and how I look at it. And, you know, and she'd taken some of the exercises and just one or two of them had been enough to absolutely make, you know, make that shift. Um, and um, it was just really moving. And that's what what I try to do with my work and with hypnosis um, and, and the, some of the tools that I use people don't realize that it's the hypnosis doing these things. And um, very often in a session, in a, in a, in a session, when I'm with someone, they'll say um, after a few sessions, they'll walk out and say, Oh, I feel so much lighter. It must be because the sun's shining because it's so subtle that shift. And that's what I've tried to do with the book. You know, there is a way of writing and using language, you know, in hypnotic writing really. And I've tried to do that the way I've, I've crafted the sentences it's not I haven't just thrown a sentence in they're they're carefully thought through and some things are quite repetitive but that's deliberate because that's the suggestion so it's not just the book isn't just about dipping in and finding tools and things you can do that but it's designed to be a shift as you go through it and I don't know whether you felt that but other people have said that they felt different when they got to the end. And that's just not about the tools. That's about the way, the language that I've used in, in, in the book. I mean, definitely, I mean, it's beautifully written. It's e- And it's a very easy read. Um, and yeah, I mean, you should, it's just so lovely to read a book that's so positive. So yeah. page after page after page, it's like, this This is your menopause and this is what you can do about it. It's It was refreshing. You know, and there's some really good information in there. You know, you do cover all, you know, the, the basics of menopause symptoms and what it is and the hormonal change. But it's those big chunks of it in between. And they are the, the, the bigger mainstay of the book are these really positive tools. And it sort of starts in part one with, with the toolkit, mm. which is sort of affirmations, visualisation and self-hypnosis. So you get a good explanation of kind of what's coming then we get part two which is what's going on which is that you know the the big information bit on menopause and then in part three it's like what can you do about it mm. you know really empowering it's like this is what you can do it's not about doing ten thousand steps and eating lots of high fiber food this is like some really it's the the mindset around menopause that you really can give that big shift to and that's why it's so refreshing and, and such a good read i think it's like you said it's the how and i think that's we all know what we we all know what what helps we all know what we need to be doing we you know it's so I think there's a danger sometimes of being a bit patronizing because you know I know exactly what I should be eating and how I should be exercising and things like that it's those inner blocks it's actually what's stopping me from doing that 
um, you know, and exploring those thoughts and feelings and just, you know, coming to a place where you can say, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I get that. And I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do that. And this is how I'm going to do it. So yeah, for me, it's a lot about the how, because, you know, we don't really, we don't really tackle those unconscious blocks or really think about them because they are unconscious. Yeah. And I, and I see it in my work as a coach and I see it in, in the Facebook groups that, you know, the, the same questions keep popping up mm. and it's, you know, it's so easy to interject and go, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. But I now see my role as, you know, those, those questionings, those, those mindset questions, like what are those thoughts? What stops you? Do, why do you want to yeah. stay stuck in this, this model of, of menopause when you could move to this much brighter happier model of menopause that you know the mindful menopause is all about and merry menopause is all about you know get the help that you need read the book you know join facebook groups help yourself to re to reset those lifelong changes yeah and i think as well you'll probably come across this as well um and when you're talking about positive menopause approaching it um, using mindset tools and things like that people often assume that it's all about natural menopause and you know I'm really struggling at the moment to really get through that it's not just about natural or HRT it's about choice and I'm really really pro-choice um and so it's really like you say, being in control of your choices, having the knowledge and the information to know what is right for you. And, you know, to be able to, you know, if you if there are certain directions you want to take, know where to go for that. And um, and I think it's quite hard to get that information and to find that balance sometimes. So, and that's why when I say read, 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 um, it's not just about reading things that um, you already subscribe to as well. I, I read lots of things that I don't necessarily agree with as, as well, because I want to broaden my knowledge and I want to understand the benefits and I want to understand risks. I want a full picture. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's really important to think that a positive menopause or a merry menopause or however you want to frame it is about knowledge and power and choice. It's not about natural or HRT. Um, and mindset is a really important part of, you know, of menopause, whether you are um, taking medication or not, um, because, you know, there are big existential questions that we face as well. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of my sort of popular phrases I like to, you know, is educate before you medicate, which doesn't mean don't medicate. Yeah. But it's, un it's, un it's understand why you're medicating. Yeah. You know, are there others because HRT, you know, isn't a, a, a panacea. It's not a cure. It can help with some of the symptoms. Yeah. But a lot of the symptoms you have more control of than, than HRT or any other kind of medication alternative therapy. So it's about understanding what's within your control and where you then need to go and get the, the medication. But don't rely on an external source to make you feel better. Yeah. yeah a lot of the yeah. work is, is inner work and simple simple inner work yes it, it is much more simple isn't it than people than people think it's you know it can be a tweak here and a tweak there and that can make all the difference um it doesn't have to be really hefty going to a counselor and going into your deep you know unconscious all the time and go exploring those thoughts and feelings at a really deep level over a long term it can just be a few tools 
that just work for you and just make your day feel brighter but just simple so you know we've talked about how you reframe the snoring the other one that I loved was um that you talk about the language of gratitude sort of and again you know in the, yeah. the bigger picture in relation to your health um and each time you hear yourself say I have to yeah change that to I get to yes and I had I've really been using that and that makes a massive it's so good you know, so good so good and, you know and even like this morning it's like oh I've got so much to do and I've got to record the podcast it's like no no I get to I get to record the podcast I get to talk to Sophie Fletcher this morning about something I'm really passionate about and it just that instant shift it's like yeah and yeah. it was and the one I get I I had lunch with a friend rather than sort of when you're you're journaling which you're a big fan of and I'm a big fan of I think you should definitely talk about that in a minute um I had lunch with a friend right today I got to spend time having a reflective lunch with my friend yeah I had a particular friend in mind when I was writing that as well how lovely um, yeah it does it just and that's that's something that I suppose was really driven home to me when I was on retreat with my kids who were very very young and I was just having I had just had a conversation with a nun and she was just so joyful talking about how she got to have a shower in the morning with clean water warm water and you know how she got to wake up in the morning um when and feel safe and secure in her house and her home and the way she spoke, it was just so full of joy for the tiny, tiny things in life. And I just have always had that in me. And I always think about those words. And yeah, so the simplest things like having a shower in the morning, we can have gratitude for. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And I think even if you're, you know, you're very symptomatic and you're having a you know, really bad day, it's mm. like, you know, I get to have today. Yeah. You know, it's 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 such a powerful. You know, it's three words, but it just completely changes the whole perspective of finding yourself in one of those funks of like, oh, everything's just crap. It's like, okay, I get to rather than I have to. So I I I really love that, and I really loved the download, Sophie. So with even if you buy the um the the paper copy and not just the audio, there's a link to downloads so there's so I love the letting go one um, oh, I've been yeah. trying to do a lot of letting go recently with you know stuff that's um, going on for me um, and I know that as a person I can bear a grudge I can really hold on to stuff so the letting go one has been fantastic uh, so if you go to the Penguin website um, you mm. can get the downloads for free um, and you've got the most gorgeous voice <laughs> I mean, it's almost like, and you talk about yoga nidras, which are a little sort of meditations that can be very restful. Yeah. I mean, the letting go one is 18 minutes and I always drop off. Yeah. So I do get sort of, you know, probably six or seven really good minutes of deep sleep and then wake up. So they're, they're a fantastic free resource that comes. There are 10 of them. They are. Yeah. I mean, normally, you know, people charge for things like that individually. So they, you know, it's just so great that Penguin has has included those and given those as a resource for free. You don't even have to buy the book to listen to them. You can just <gasps> well, I know, but I am, I am. Penguin going to kill you for that. <laughs> well, do you know what? It's but you listen to them, but then it re- you start to sort of understand the value of that sort of practice, yeah. and then yeah. go deeper into it. But um, oh gosh, the the mindful hypnobirthing ones have been in the top ten 
author pages or things for years. Um, I think they were early on when they were first published, but I was getting 20,000 downloads a year just from my site, free tracks and everything. Um, But I am voice trained. One of the things my mother did when I was at school is she got me on my speech and drama and all that sort of thing. So I've done quite a lot of um, voice voice work. And it, it just seemed one of those things that was, well, there's no point in doing that. And then suddenly, 15 years later, it came in really handy. I mean, you have, it is a really, it's a really lovely, soothing voice. And it covers, they, they cover many subjects, but they are, as I say, they're a great free resource and they really are very beneficial. It has been really, really helpful to me over the past oh, few good. years. So thank you for being so generous with that, with that, that freebie offering. Another, another part of the book that I really loved was um, we talk about, so I, I, one thing I think we have to acceptance, you know, as we go through this menopause transitions that we, you know, we're not the 25, 35 year old girl that we were, we are entering this, you know, powerful um, phase of life and we need to accept that. Mm. And I love the, um, the chapter that you write about ignite your autumn queen and crown your crone. Yes. <laughs> and actually, you know, crone nowadays is seen as such a negative. It's like, you know, rude to call yeah. somebody a crone, but you, you talk about the history of those words mm-hmm. and actually where they come from and how, you know, again, culture has completely, history's rewritten what yeah. was actually a really positive thing and turned it into a negative against yeah. you know, older women. Um, yeah, I, I, I love it. So hag comes from the word hagio, which means holy. Yeah. Um, crone, uh, which comes from wit, which means wise. And crone comes from crown. Yeah. Yes. So a wise witch is a is a is a you know is is a real compliment. And when people when but if you say the word witch to people, the thing that springs to mind is this kind of Grimm's brothers yep. witch with warts on her nose and sort of bent over double on a stick, luring children into her home in the woods. <laughs> it's all, you know, but it's written by in the book I talk about how this was written by men. In a time that they were just, it was just after that, you know, the the last of the witch burnings were happening, and um, and you know that's still, you know, the the echoes of that was still resounding through the um, through society. And then I put in the book the mention of the scolds masks. You know, this is a time when they were still using scolds masks. They were writing fairy tales like this, and we still read those stories. We still read them to our children. Explain what the skulls mask is, Sophie, for anyone. Oh, the skulls mask! Oh my gosh, it's a horrible contraption. It is horrible. Sorry, sorry, listener. If you want to switch off for ten seconds, it's basically um, if you had a wife that was nagging or a woman that was nagging too much, you would put a metal contraption over her head that would hold her tongue in place so she could stop nagging. Um, And so, you know, these were used up until the mid eighteen hundreds in Europe, and you just. You know, you think about this and it's not actually not that long ago, really. Um, no, it's not know. that long ago. And it's, yeah, it's it's astounding that somebody actually in, invented something. I mean, we have to be thankful that things have moved on, that we are in oh, a much, yeah. you know, <laughs> progressive place. But um, but still, that, that echoes through our culture and our narrative of women getting older and, and, and um, you know, women being put into... The other thing being put away around this age for things like hysteria. And, you know, this is 
common a commonly treated thing with hypnosis actually going way way back was hysterical women um and, well, and hyster- hysterectomy i mean that comes yeah. yeah comes from the word you know remove somebody's um exactly. womb and they'll stop being hysterical yeah <gasps> so all of these things we you know we, we're still living with the legacy of these things and you know surely it's time to break out of them and I think by actually understanding them, it gives us the power to think, oh, my gosh, that's what that means. That what that, That's what that means. And to seeing it, because we don't see what's there all the time until someone points it out. And we forget, we forget that those words existed because women at our time of life were revered. Mm. You know, and we've yeah. lost, we've lost that reference. Not that I want, you know, people to kneel at me every time they see me would be nice. But, um, you know, that's sort should. of respect. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Make that a standard. But, you know, it's the fact that, and, and I think we're, we're slowly, slowly getting there. And I think hopefully, you know, for your children's generation, things will change where actually that people are now looking at us as older women, as the wise women, handing down our information, mm. you know, educating the younger women. Mm. Um and I, I think it would be a really lovely thing if that within our culture, our Western culture, that came that came back more that, you know, the I older think, woman still had her place and it was actually yeah. a, a hierarchy place and it was a place to be it's a place to be respected. I think it is starting to happen through intergenerational women's circles and things like that. I think that's that is going on and, and they, they're becoming more popular again. Um, and that is lovely to see. But on the other side, you know, my mum says to me, what is it about your generation? They they go to the Internet before they come to us. And, you know, I think that's true as well, rather than asking our mothers and our grandmothers our aunts and other women um we tend to go to google <laughs> and alexa or alexa yeah and so we need to change our mentality around that as women actually as well it's not just about just about the wider culture it's about women going to the right places for that information so. yeah and you talk about sort of connection and support in the book um and the power of oxytocin mm. you know an oxytocin release is is, is love and connection yeah, and that again, you know, that's something that a we we need the support as we're going through this transition, but it's also about you know giving that support, like you just said, you know, we need to realise that we need to become more connected, but easy to become disconnected at this time, and Definitely. how important the release of that oxytocin hormone is. It can be a really lonely experience, um, you know, if you're in a family like I am of all men. Um, you know, I can feel quite lonely in my experience at home sometimes because no one. So I think it's so important to have those networks outside of your home and those friendships and to talk about it more. I mean, I've talked to some women who said, but every time I try to open a discussion on it, everyone shuts it down and 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 doesn't want to talk about it. And then I've spoken to other women who are really happy to talk about it and really want to talk about it. Um, and so I think it's you know, finding people that are willing to chat who are having a similar experience. Because of course, your experience is completely individual. No one will be having the same experience as, as you. But um, and so but there are other people who are having similar experiences. So it's finding those people and talking to them and learning from them and being that mutual support as well. I find that's incredibly helpful. Yeah. And about seeking out those people that that see it the same way as you yes yeah you know that aren't just 
you know, sitting, talking about symptoms, but actually yeah. taking action. It's, yeah, I'm symptomatic. I'm finding yeah. this a struggle. Things are going awry mentally and physically, but this is what I'm doing about it, or this is what I've learned, and this is what I'm trying. Yeah. So it's like, you know, so you can follow, follow mindful menopause on social media and, and come and join Merry Menopause because <laughs> we're both aligned that that's what, what we really want to encourage women to do is work it out for themselves with the help of us. But it really is possible to see this as the most positive t- stage of life. Yes, it is. And I just think it can be really energising to see other women approaching it in a positive way and we vicarious experience that is living through other people's experiences is a really powerful form of suggestion as well so Mm. if you see other women celebrating and you know doing you know things that you think oh yeah I'd like to have a go at that I'd like to have a go at that so for example I love um who's Lydia loves 50 I love her account Um, and there's there's somebody else that comes up oh Instagram's a bit Sometimes, you know, there are some people I really love following, but for some reason their, their, their posts don't come up. There's somebody else who does paddleboarding and she always wears a bright yellow coat and she's always <laughs> just really alive. And I, I, you know, I think, oh, that's how, you know, that's yes. I really resonate with that. And if I'm feeling a bit crap one day, I'll say, I'll think, yeah, but yeah, that that's, that's how I want to be. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so having I love that fun. connection and that. Yeah, and I, and you say in here it's like who's in your team? You yeah, know, it's about finding your team, isn't it? Yeah, and and together, and and then you go on to saying about setting your intention for a positive menopause, and that's you know we're so used to, um, you know, setting our personal goals, you know, what we want to achieve, you know, this week, this month, this year, writing our you know our big plans, um, and you talk about you know people writing a birth plan that's become very common. It's like let's let's plan our menopause let's set our intentions you know when we do our monthly goals for work or business alongside that let's let's set down our our menopause goals for that month Mm. you know is it to unfollow somebody we're finding negative is it to find some more positive support is it to read something is it to listen to something you know it doesn't have to be pages it can be two or three things a month can't it yeah, I mean, I'm not, I am not a planner. I'm not an organized person at all. But I find, but I do find planning these big life stages and where I want to go from this point onwards really matters. Um, to, it helps ground me. And so, you know, I definitely have goals and things I want to do and I set them at these moments in time. Um, it's about creating my next direction where I'm you know where I'm heading next um and I do need to know that because it keeps me going on days that are a bit oh when you have we all have those days when you know when we're this age um, yeah I mean I've, anyway. I've written That's life you know and I, I've written down you know how I want to be when I'm 60 and how I want to be when I'm 70 you know how does how does that woman look how is she behaving yes. how is she feeling yeah and that you know, that's, I, I want to be fit and healthy. I want to be having yeah. a really great 60s and 70s. I want to still be active. I want to still be working. I want to have an active sex life. I want to have friends. I want to be traveling. Yeah. You know, and you have to, like, you have to lay the foundations for your menopause in your, your 30s and 40s. You need to be start laying the foundations. Yeah. Yes. It's really important. So, knowing you're, so having those role models as well. So I don't know about you, who your role model is. Um, but mine would be a hybrid between Gillian, um, Gillian Anderson and Judy Dench. <laughs> or Maggie, oh, Maggie Smith, those sorts of. <laughs> so, 
so so yeah so that's how I kind of have these role models and I look to look to those women and think hmm. I'd like to be Cher would you <laughs> I love Cher yeah she's great she's my, she's, she's, she's great she's an all-rounder um I love her I love Cher's sense of humor I love you know that she can be very serious but she can be really silly yeah. So yeah, when I have, I know people have that sort of, you know, be a bit more Beyonce. What would Beyonce do? Mine's always, what would Cher do? She'd yeah. just get another wig out and wear something outrageous. So yeah, Cher's my and Kylie <laughs> wait, Minogue. Wait and Kylie Minogue. Oh. I went to see her a few years ago. I think it was she was fifty that year, and I just saw her this like tiny little dot on the stage having a massive party glitter everywhere she could move really well and she was just so full of life and I thought yeah that's how I'm gonna be <laughs> and I think you know Kylie is one of those sort of silent in the background incredible yeah. inspirational role models you know having overcome cancer you know lots of heartbreak but kept her career going yeah. you know you never hear a bad word about Kylie everyone says she's a delight to work with you know, yeah. I think she's she's an amazing role model, actually. Yeah, yeah maybe Kylie, somewhere between <laughs> Kylie and Cher, the tallest one and the shortest one. So, yeah. <laughs> and neither of those would be called a crone or a witch, would they? No. Wonder, you know, what, she's the princess of pop, Kylie, yes. still. And she's 50, what's Kylie, 52? 52, 53, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Sophie, we're running out of time for today's... Um, amazing chat I mean I've still got those pages of pages of um, notes to go through I mean you do I, I just do want to touch on the, a lot of the tools that you've given them in the last section of the book are around managing symptoms so hair loss weight management sex drive anxiety so there's you know there's a huge amount of information in this around reframing a mindset and it's you know it's yeah. it's so invaluable um but yeah I couldn't cover the lot be the longest podcast in history <laughs> you can't cover that's the thing with the book as well you can't cover everything so I've tried to pick the ones that you know I've tried to stick to my specialism which is hypnotherapy um and I've stuck to the things that people tend to come to me for so and the hair loss one I mean that's my you know I've had experience of that quite dramatically as well I lost a lot right. of hair um so all my hair kind of fell out <laughs> I look totally different than as I an alo alopecia or well, it, apparently that's how it started and then it got then it did grow back and it was fine and then when I was about 46 it started thinning quite in in more I think menopause and it went white very quickly as well so if you look at pictures for and over the last eight years I look totally different totally different and so that's been a real adjustment, looking at someone different in the mirror. So wow! I mean, look, I we've not met before. Looking, you know, your hair's beautiful. I mean, it's I know, ladies, right. you have to, you have to go. Yeah, but it's a beautiful. It's a silver. It's beautiful. Got my mother's hair. And what what what? While we're on the subject, what are your for hair loss? What anybody else listening who is and it's a very common thing. What yeah. would be your what would be your advice? What would what would you say to anybody going through this? Have a sense of humour around it. Um, it was um, the hardest thing I think of it. One of the hardest things. Surprisingly, it surprised me because it felt very vain to feel so disrupted around hair loss and to feel so. I mean. I, I I use the word disrupted. I didn't. I never despaired or anything like that because I'm quite. An, I'm definitely a glass half full person. Um, but 
yeah, I, I used it as a tr- chance to experiment and, but I did, I, I found it difficult to look in the mirror because I didn't see myself looking back and I didn't know when it was going to end, when it was going to stop falling out, you know, and that was quite hard. Um, and I got to a point where I did start using toppers and things like that. So if anyone doesn't know toppers, it was quite good fun in some ways because I went to a few places where they do wigs and toppers and things because it was really thin at one point. Um, and, you know, you had them clipped in. They're pretty good, actually. You clip them in and they're good for parties and things like that. Um, and I used to call my wigs my hairy hats. Um, so I just used to have a bit of fun with them. And and then my kids would say things like, they don't really look like you, mom. So I stopped. I didn't, I maybe wore them once or twice for a wedding and things like that. And then mm. it was, so that, so it was finding your, it was about finding your way through it. Um, and, you know, it's so, but it, yes, it was, it was very destabilizing in you kind of, I, I understood why nuns and monks shave their head because you identify so much with the self through hair. It's very, yeah. very, very bizarre. So when you start losing it, not only is it a sign of aging and getting older, a really significant sign, but also it change, it feels like it changes who you are as well. Um, and how, you know, your attractiveness as well. That's something, you know, you kind of feel you lose that and you don't. So it's a lot, a lot of work around acceptance, a lot of work around acceptance and change. And you say, you say in, in the book, you are much more than the head on your than the hair on your head. Absolutely. Is, I think if you're, if you're, if you're starting to lose it, that is a real adjustment, isn't it? It's a real adjustment, but you just have to keep going. And um, there are things like some people find that HRT helps. Some people find that diet helps. I found um, cutting out sugar helped me, actually. It's different. I mean, I'm not a nutritionist and or anything like that. It was finding what worked for me individually. So I felt diet and exercise helped me. And I'm not sure whether that was I was happier because I was feeling better in myself other than my hair. Um, but yeah, it still comes out quite a lot. It's still very thin, but it's, um, yeah, I've kind of accepted it and moved on, but that was a bit. And, re- and reframed it because you totally also say, it, yeah. also say, which is lovely. Now, now I, I know why this, this line resonated and it's so lovely to, to now see you and hear that story. Cause you say every hair on your head that is white is a symbol of it's a symbol of what you have achieved, the wisdom that that resides within you. And I'll say story, that again. I don't know if, if anyone reads it. So a couple of people have wondered and asked me, but the story in that chapter is my story because I put my name on it. But so if anyone's listening, yes, it is my story. <laughs> oh, I thought, it would be, I thought it should have made sense to write my own story and put it in there as well. And you can tell when somebody's writing from lived experience. You, know, yeah. you can tell, and you can tell that this, you know, this book hasn't been ghost written. You know, you haven't called the experts in. This has been written from the heart. So, you know, I think that's another, you know, big bonus that makes it so readable, uh, and even more so now that we know that you really have shared some of some of the stuff that you've been through. Sophie, I ask all my guests if they can recommend a book that has educated them, inspired them, or that they just really enjoyed. Um, Have you got one for us? Well, I'm I'm a big fan of David Eagleman, who is a neuroscientist. He writes 
brilliant books on understanding the brain and the world around us and they're really accessible and uh, I think he's great but one of my favorite book of his is actually a fiction book called Sum S-U-M and it's called it's Sum 40 Tales of the Afterlife and it's a brilliant little book because it has these tiny little stories in them. They're maybe two pages, three pages long, but they are brilliant little ideas. They rhyme, remind me a little bit of Roald Dahl's um, Twist in the Tales and things like that. Um, but, you know, I found that all through the years of having children, especially at times like this, sometimes it's hard to sit down and read a book cover to cover, but I just crave something creative and just that makes me think a little bit. And these stories always do that. And they're just little fictional tales of what might happen to us after we die. And they are so funny and, you know, philosophical or provocative. Um, so, yeah, I would, I, I really love that. And it, it has stayed with me because I find a lot of books um, are important at certain times of your life. And and this one has just stayed with me. So I just pick how it up. Lovely, how lovely to be able to pull out just sort of three pages and have a bit of a reset. Yeah. That's a lovely recommendation, Sophie. Thank you. And it is on my list. Okay. I will obviously write to David Eagle and ask him if he wants to come on the podcast. But if he doesn't, I will still write. <laughs> yeah. So, Sophie, that, that's, that's it for today. I just want to finish up with a, a, another passage from the book. I know I've read quite a few bits out, but there was, there was just so much in there. And this last one, I think, um, it's, just a, it's just a really lovely uh words to to inspire women as 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 they finish this podcast and to go and to go ahead and you write be guided by your inner wise woman consult the wise woman in you whenever you feel at a crossroads and want a bit of motivation and it's like she's in us ladies just just remember that we are the crone and the witch is in there and she's she's there to help you so tap into her and ask her and give her a name (laughs) give her a name oh share (laughs) yeah there you go Sophie Fletcher thank you once again so much for writing Mindful Menopause Uh, a great a great book for everyone to read I highly recommend it and you've been the most fantastic guest thank you so much for joining me today I really enjoyed this chat and um, thanks for reading it and loving it thank you thank you for listening and thank you to Vicky Bristow Communications for producing this series you can find out more about me and my work www.themerrymenopause.com or follow me on Instagram at themerrymenopause. If you like what you hear, please leave a review and subscribe. It will really help other people to find me.